Supply chains today constantly require the need to be highly adaptable, agile, and responsive while simultaneously being innovative, sustainable, and cost-effective. But how does this happen when your supply chain is continuously evolving? Welcome to Supply Chain Picks, a collection of podcasts by DHL Supply Chain, featuring subject matter experts across Europe, Middle East, and Africa who bring you logistics insights to help understand, predict, and respond effectively to the trends and challenges facing your logistics supply chain. Hi, I'm Claire Lanou. I'm your host for this podcast, Supply Chain Peak. I work for DHL Supply Chain and I'm responsible to grow our e-commerce customer base within our Europe, Middle East and Africa region. And I'm delighted to have by my side Anne Wolfer. Anne, can I let you introduce yourself, please? Absolutely. And hi, everybody. I'm Anne. I'm the head of HR for DHL Supply Chain in uh, Europe, Middle East, uh, Africa. Anne, I read that at the beginning of the year, Gartner carried out its yearly CEO and the senior business executive survey. And when we come to the topic of people, I actually went back to their survey and what it, you know, what, what it, it brought up. And when discussing about the top five strategic business priorities that then for the next four years, the respondents ranked workforce as their third strategic business priority, yeah, which was actually two ranks up from last year and up 27%. In particular, when I looked a bit further, CEOs find that 31% of their worries and concerns and priorities around people was about attracting and retaining talent. So we're going to bring these to life in this session, discussing about labor shortage across the industries and countries. We're also going to discuss about actually how it impacts on e-commerce because e-commerce, which is where I'm working within DHL supply chain, requires quite a lot of people, yeah, across all levels. So let's start the discussion going on and tell me, with regard to, you know, delivering on customer promise around, you know, getting the orders going and also supply chain, can you tell us a little bit more with regard to, you know, what can we do and how can customers actually overcome those challenges that are linked to labor? Yeah, first of all, Claire, um, what I'm not surprised at all that CEOs put it high on their list of worries or things that um, keep them awake at night. Um, in, in supply chain, we always say logistics is a people business, so it is all about um, our people and of course talking labor scarcity in the different markets talking about uh, young generations coming into the workplace talking about the skills for the future that are needed so there are so many people topics that i can totally understand and i also do think it is a strategic topic actually for for all of us that are driving driving business um so yeah, I think super relevant topic. When I look back on um, like 10 years ago in uh, 2012, 13, we had probably around about 12% of unemployment across um, Europe. 
And now the most recent numbers in August 22 is uh, unemployment of on average 6% in Europe. So this makes a huge difference. And then also it's not 6% everywhere. So there is uh, some countries super low unemployment and others a little higher. But yeah, it's it's 6%. So this is a good news, of course, for, for people in Europe. It's uh, very good news for societies that we see that relatively low level of unemployment, of course, but it put us as employers in a, in a big challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, and before we go into the strategies that DHL supply chain is actually, you know, um, effectively implementing in order to attract and retain people, can you give us a bit of a feel with regard to, you know, the magnitude and the scale of the recruitment campaigns you may need to actually be running just in terms of how many employees potentially would you require for an operation to start up and you know is it important to have um to be recruiting in a country over another could you just give us a sense so that you know we can understand the, what you face is as an as a as a company yeah, so I think in DHL supply chain, we see, um, I would say, two different customer profiles when it comes to, to e-commerce. So on the one hand side, we have these large um, e-commerce providers. Um, let's think about fashion, electronic goods, pharmaceuticals, uh, but even daily groceries, so more and more. Um, these our customers shift from from retail to to online shopping, and that means that um, customers require large warehouses um, that are typically somewhere in the outskirts of the of the large cities. And these warehouses may have a need of thousands of of employees. So this is one group, and the other is then rather small or medium-sized customers, um, for example, startups that have a great idea for a niche product, and they are typically in their early stages of the business. So they may just only require a little bit of vacant space in an existing warehouse. So there, the people challenge is, is, is smaller, I would say, because it is often that we can meet the demand of the customer by offering some vacant space in existing warehouses with existing people. So what we're doing effectively is, you know, we are when customers of ours of DHL supply chain are effectively um, giving us their operations, we're recruiting and we're actually looking to attract and retain those people. This is not only for permanent, but also for um, agency interim people. Um, does the strategy, do the strategy, do they evolve depending on, you know, which group of people you're looking to recruit and whether it's agency or whether it's permanent employees? Yeah, before we go there, I would maybe also talk a little bit about the, the types of profiles and roles that we are typically, typically looking at. So actually the, the range is quite broad. Uh, if you think warehouse, probably you think in the first place about people who can um, pick and then pack the different shipments before they go to the customer. So that is clear, but not sure if all of our customers also have in mind that the roles can become quite, quite complex, actually. So thinking about um, 
solution designers, um, engineers who know exactly the warehouse layout, who know the best automation solution, then of course more and more we use uh, robotics and uh, digital technology to, to serve our customer purpose means we also need to have engineers who fully understand um, robots, but also how to how to have robots and men collaborating with each other so that the processes are integrated. Um, then, of course, IT specialists for warehouse management systems um, and then process engineers who can continuously improve. So there is a large range of specialist roles required. And uh, yeah, this is one group of people that we need to, to attract in the market and then of course, big scale, it's uh, roles like forklift drivers, pickers, packers, and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the important um, starting point is to have very clear for the operation, for the customer. So what are the roles that we require, how many of them, and then actually what are the best um, telepools, where can we find the people um, and then attract and then the decision whether this is permanent or temporary or if it's, uh, yeah, if we go directly to the labor markets or if it's through agency, I would say that is, a, is the second question. So let's talk about people. Okay, people is really, really relevant and we've talked earlier on, Anne, about, you know, recruiting people and attracting people. Can you give us a sense with regard to what DHL Supply Chain is doing in relation to labor? And specifically, I guess that this is quite a relevant topic from an environmental, social and, you know, governance agenda point of view. Would you like to tell us a little bit more around, you know, around the topic of the social element of the ESG? Absolutely. Thanks, Claire, for the question. Yeah, I think... Um, is becoming more and more important. So we know that, especially also with the younger generation, it is very important um, for them to work for a company, an employer that is purpose-driven, that has strong values. And I would say the question is coming up in all of our interviews in the meantime. So what are you doing as a company to support the environment agenda, what are you doing to reduce the CO2 footprint? How are you contributing and doing good in your communities? What about diversity inclusion? What about your female representation? So these are questions that mm, candidates would have or they would ask, what about your values? Yeah, can you can you talk about what is important for you? Um, can you can you share with us your ambitions on on human rights? Um, can can we learn if you have a code of conduct that you all commit to as a company? So these are some typical questions that we need to be able to answer. And actually, we are very proud that we have good answers to all these questions. And not only the candidates, of course, that ask. Yeah, if we provide our service to customers that is of course super important also for the customers there is uh, a brand to protect uh, both on the customer side as well as on our side so we want to make sure that we comply of course with um, standards very high standards um, in the areas of 
sustainable business. Yeah, great. Yeah, um, yeah. Given 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 DHL, um, definitely, yeah, fully recognize exactly what you've just said, Anne, in relation to you know being an attractive employer. Um, now I've got another question that relates actually to the use of technology. So, Anne, I know that you know logistics doesn't always. Um, isn't always representing everyone in society and sometimes it is also because of the physical element and aspect of the work that's involved so can you tell me a little bit about how you're using technologies within you know your warehouses and operations in order to actually potentially help recruits and attract uh, a new uh, pool of talent and people to join and to join us how is it being perceived to have you know and to use technologies within the warehouses is it seen as a as a yeah is it seen effectively as a hindrance as a challenge or is it welcomed and appreciated by the colleagues no yeah so first of all let me say that we i think we have already quite a diverse uh workforce so uh yeah, historically, logistics might be seen as a very male-dominated, but uh, for example, our workforce is um, close to forty percent uh, are women, for example. Where? And uh, so this is, for example, if you think if you think fashion, if you think uh, return uh, returns uh, in uh, e-commerce fashion, for example. So this is a job that is actually. Um, also not so physically demanding, but you're totally right yeah, with adding more and more robotics into the workspace um, that will um, even become easier. So uh, if I think about our assisted picking robots that um, will, will do actually the, the, the walking, the kilometers in the warehouse so that it's not our people, but our people can, can more stay in the aisles and the robot is coming to them. So that will make it much easier. And also, of course, lifting heavy parcels will, will get way easier. Also, I would say that many people appreciate that it's uh, way less paper, but it's more about having a tablet um being able to have all the data at the fingertips that is required and also have the processes very much digitalized already so yeah i would say in in our sites people really do appreciate i think it is important that the robots are properly introduced that the processes are thought through and really really work and we've seen some fun things that's why yeah, that people on the on the shop floor have given names to the robots um quite quite creative often and uh, yeah that these robots are seen as as integral part of the daily life and not as as a threat at all and uh, given that supply chain business uh, is is growing uh, i think it's ever more so needed that we we see robots as an opportunity to make work easier for people and i'm sure that actually the use of technology that you're referring to yeah will actually also improve potentially the uh, number of younger generation that we're going to be attracting because i know that you know if i if i think about you know my own children 
day where they've been used to using, you know, a smartphone and technology throughout their life. And therefore that, you know, that working close to a technology will certainly be something that they'll be looking forward to in their uh, work life as well. So, yeah, completely recognize that. I would say that probably people that used to work in a warehouse some 10, 20 years ago would probably not recognize the workplace any longer because it's so much about um, great warehouse management solutions, about uh, having the data at the fingertips, about making use of the gazillion um, data points that we have, um, being able to forecast based on the available data, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, typically you would, if you enter a work a warehouse, you would see robots uh, running from left to right. You would see people with tablets in their hands. Um, so a different world. Absolutely. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. And um, can we go and then understand, you know, what, what are the strategies you use then to effectively attract the talent that you're, you're, you, you've just referred to? What are the different strategies that you're using in order to actually be visible and also, you know, to attract the talent, be it, you know, in the kind of the, the process improvement role that you were discussing about or the forklift drivers? All start actually with being a great company. Uh, it all starts with having a great brand that people are attracted to. And typically, of course, um, yeah, we can count on a strong red and yellow DHL brand that is actually very known to people. And uh, we have a strong employer brand and people associate us with a, with a good place to work for. And actually we um, spent a lot of effort also to to continue to build that perception of our brand. We are, for example, partnering with institutes like Top Employer and Great Place to Work, who are certifying us to um, yeah to make sure that we uh, can also use their their license plates to tell the market that we actually are a good employer. So I would say starts with what is our value proposition, our brand, uh, the proof points that we are a great employer. And then it is all about knowing the local labor markets. I think that is a big advantage that we can offer to our customers that we are hiring thousands and thousands of people each year in all of our different markets. So we have that market knowledge and understanding that we know where are the people um, what do they want actually? What is important to them? Is it um, salary, of course? Um, what would they typically earn in that area? But also, what else is it that they are interested in? Any specific benefits? Any specific development opportunities? What are actually their choices? And then, simply, where where can we find them? Yeah, do we need to go to a, a local event in a village um, with the with uh, some, some advertising material and a stand and where we, where we can speak to people or is it rather that uh, we think that people will be on Facebook and the best thing to uh, reach them is via a Facebook campaign. So that we need to understand and that's why it is so important and helpful that we have our local HR experts in all the more than 20 countries of our region who perfectly understand 
the people in the different locations. Yeah, there is there is clearly a lot of work for for your teams across Europe. Um, um, so tell me, um, we're now talking about we've raised awareness. We know where people, you know, uh, how to engage with people. How do you then work into getting them to join the DHL family? What does the recruitment journey look like for DHL supply chain, but also for the you know the potential person who will be joining the DHL family? What does it look like? Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, set up uh, recruiting centers that can really focus on that. Uh, we strive for state-of-the-art technology. Uh, so I would say probably it's a combination of efficiency and empathy, clear. So efficiency meaning that um, what we reach out to people either on 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 Facebook or through through concrete campaigns, and they would. Um, search our job portals and send the applications through. So that process needs to be really uh, sleek, easy, great ease to use um, so that we're asking, of course, quick questions to them. We tell them about us, but then also make it really easy with um, very little pain <laughs> to uh, give us their, their, their application and then we work through, we reach out, we, we establish a relationship and uh, we talk talk to the people and explain what the job is, is, is all about. And you know, I'm guessing that this is something that you're very versed into given the numbers that of people that you're recruiting, just the scale of it that you were talking about, you know, thousands of employees being recruited every year. That's That's enormous. That's enormous. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's, yeah, thousands of employees means, uh, what, even more <laughs> applications, of course, that need yeah. to be screened, that need to be looked at, um, interviews that need to be scheduled, scheduled and arranged, and of course, having a very, very clear process how to also then do the selection and get to the final stage. And then, of course, again, it's all about efficiency, uh, being able to provide very quickly a contract, um, bring it to, to signing, but then also start all the pre-boarding and onboarding activities so that a candidate already feels welcome uh, after he or she has, has signed, um, because that is also yeah an important stage still uh, if you get if you don't get that right, people may just even not show up. Yeah, so I, I see this also as super important that from signing to really having your first day, we stay in close touch with um, the new colleagues. Well, it seems as though there is a lot of time and effort yeah, in order to get to the thousands of people newly recruited into DHL's Blanche and in EMEA. Uh, just give me a sense as well about the work that's involved with retaining those people because if it takes that you know effectively the time and effort you've just described to attract and recruit the people then i think the one thing that you sh surely want to do is actually make sure that you can achieve high retention which is the holy grail right so how do you do that how do you what are the strategies that at european level you have implemented in order to make sure that we retain people within the HL supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a couple of points. So I think at the end, it's all about great culture 
and leadership and um, indeed at Supply Chain we put a lot of effort in training and developing our leaders. So we truly believe in this, yeah, and we want to be known as the company that has the best leaders. And we've just uh, about a year ago launched our Supervisory Academy program, for example. So this program tries to to develop the front first line leaders. So think really about the, the people that are the ones on the shop floor that need uh, the forklift drivers, the pickers and packers. So the difference is here. If um, those colleagues have all the skills they should have in terms of excellent people leadership, then that has an impact on the daily life of our people. So yeah, investing in in great leadership, investing in a culture where everybody feels um, included, where everybody feels they belong. So this this is what we what we truly truly believe in. And then of course, um, yeah, people want to develop, and I think a company our size gives them the opportunity to also see the next steps in their career. And uh, yeah, we make uh, a lot of efforts to also have yearly processes where we identify the people with potentials for the next level. We try to refer them to the existing jobs. So I think all these components are super important to um, keep people happy in the job and uh, retain them. Great. Well, I'm one of them, Anne, because uh, only just for your info, only two weeks ago, I celebrated my 25th anniversary within the organization. So you've certainly, it's worked for me. That's for sure. Wow. Congratulations, Claire. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And now, and I think that there, there is a question, obviously we start, I started the, you know, the, the topic around the worries that effectively a lot of CEOs and senior business leaders have in relation to workforce. So, you know, considering e-commerce, which often is, you know, very potentially where you don't have um, robots into, you know, playing into it, it's quite obviously labor intensive. So what would you say to logistics managers to reassure them if they are listening today with regard to their strategic business ambition, you know, of growing? What would you say to them that we can do to support them? Yeah, so first, absolutely right. Your point on, on robotics and digitalization, I do believe that is the answer in an industry where we know that labor is scarce and where we know that some of the jobs are actually quite exhausting because, uh, yeah, it's heavy goods or the warehouse is large, meaning you have to you have to work a lot. Um, so I, I absolutely do believe that everything we can do to make the job easier for people is the right thing. So for example, the picking robot technology where the robots would do the kilometers that are needed and uh, people would not have to move that much. That is certainly something uh, really, really positive also for people. So yeah, I think there is a, a lot to come, a lot of exciting things ahead of us. Um, and uh, I think that is a benefit also from partnering with a large market leading provider that we have, of course, the focus. And for us, it's very much core to to think about all these things. 
So, um, well, I, I would say, yes, the labor market is challenging. It's definitely not getting easier over the next years. I think that is absolutely foreseeable. And, uh, well, I would say it's probably good to have a partner that is not shying away from these difficulties and challenges and that has found, um, some answers already, um, on how to, how to attract people, how to retain them. And I believe we have built these processes and tools over the time. Um, and also I would also say, well, this famous quote of uh, culture is eating strategy for breakfast. I think the key is to have the right culture in our operations and we are embracing, embracing this for long. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would say I'm very proud of what we have achieved already. And, uh, I'm absolutely looking forward to support any, any customer that is reaching out to us with their e-commerce challenges. Thank you, Anne. Super interesting discussion. Um, that's the end of the podcast for today. And Anne, thank you again for being on, you know, on the podcast and bringing your expertise. It was super insightful. Thank you. Thanks, Claire. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Supply Chain Picks. If you are a supply chain professional or simply keeping up with logistics trends, please share this with a colleague or a friend. You can find us on DHL.com or connect with us on LinkedIn at DHL Supply Chain.